Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're in the uh, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York. They understand it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS. is brought to you by GEICO. Great news, you can save a bunch of money if you switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Pain-free Friday, we're rolling into a Saturday in New York. Still Friday on the West Coast. We want to hear from you. Getting ready for the wild cards on Saturday and Sunday, NFL style. First up, Bills, Texans at 435 on Saturday from Houston. And we know uh, J.J. Watt is back. He'll return. Uh, Obviously, a huge welcome to the Texans defense. Uh, Without Watt this season, the Texans pass rush win rate uh, is just 27% off the league average pace of 42%. With him, the number rises to 45%. He has five sacks in six career playoff games. Carver High, the guy has missed the whole season. Is he going to show up and perform at a high level and have a bunch of sacks? We'll see, right? Um, You know, that's the unknown of this game. He hasn't played in eight weeks. Um, He's coming back from an injury that is normally a three- to four-month injury, and he's coming back in two months. So how effective is he going to be? I don't know. I honestly think that this game is um, its a lot bigger than J.J. Watt. I think that there's other things going on. So Tony Karani's uh, uh, ref crew is one of the worst in the league. No question. They throw tons of flags. Yes. So the whole game going to be 17 to 20 flags? Probably. He averages uh, 17 a game. Don't, don't all these games end up being like that, though? When you get to these playoff games? I mean, it's Honestly, just, can they just let I, I mean, them play? This is all year long. Whether it's a regular season game or a playoff game, what are we doing after every big play? You're looking for that little box in the screen, right, to see that yellow flag sign come up. Isn't that what we're always waiting for? So all these games are going to be no different. How will the Bills' uh, zone-heavy defense do against Watson? Well, I just think that the Bills, you know, the things that the Texans do really well, the Bills are really good at stopping those things. They just are. The Texans live on big plays. The Bills don't allow big plays. They've allowed the least amount of big plays in the NFL the last two years. So I think it's going to be hard on him. Is Watson better than Allen? Of course he is. But um, I think that Trey White's going to do his best locking up Hopkins. If Fuller doesn't play, I feel even better about it. I, I think just, they – I just – I feel more – as we get closer to the game, I feel a lot better about it. So the, the Texans secondary sucks, a lot of people think. Will Allen – Finally have a 300-yard game ever? Will it ever happen? I don't think it matters. If they win, it doesn't matter. I think that what they need to do is the Texans have been bad against the run, too. Texans D is like 27th in the NFL or something like that. Their red zone D is so run it down their throat. And their red zone D is the worst. So what they need to do is pound a rock like they like to do anyway. Right. And I also saw they're the, one of the worst in the league in 0 to, to 15 in the middle of the field. All right. So get Beasley out there in a slot, run no slants right to the middle of the field, and work it that way. 
Short, quick throws. Let Allen move down the field. Like they did against the Steelers. Exactly. Do nice, simple stuff. Move down the field. Score points when you get in the red zone, and your D will do the rest. I I just think the Bills do a lot of things better than the Texans. They just do. Titans and Pats at 8.15-ish on CBS. The Pats were plus 21 in turnover differential during the regular season, uh, which led the NFL. And Mike Vrabel has been stressing that all week. You know, don't turn the ball over. Duh. In a playoff game, the team that turns the ball over is the team that's going to lose. Derrick Henry will uh, probably rush for more than 100 like he always does. He'll probably have a couple touchdowns, which he often does. He's got 16 on the year. Ryan Tannehill averaged 9.6 yards per pass this season, the fifth highest rate in the NFL uh, in a season in history. Tannehill also had the highest completion percentage above expectation in the NFL, over 70%. Mafia, can Tannehill and Henry, with Tannehill throwing the ball and Henry running the ball, beat the Patriots? I don't think so. I think that Bill Belichick's going to dare Tannehill to throw the ball. I think he's not afraid of him. He's his first start. I know he's had a good you know run here since he took over, but I think that he believes a lot of that's predicated on the run, that people are worried about the run. And they're getting up there, and that leaves holes in, behind them in the secondary. I think that he's going to sell out and stop the run, and think you know be confident enough that Gilmore is going to able to shut down their number one option, and the rest of the guys can do the job against whoever else is going to throw at him. So I'm glad to see you guys are so excited about the uh, wild card games. I can tell the fans, Mafia, are just dripping with an, uh, anticipation and excitement. They're just. You can see how fired up they are tonight on this particular program. They're just so amped up for the games that they're just, they can't even go to bed. These people are just up all night long partying, and they're excited for tomorrow. They should be. I mean, I think there's going to be good games. I don't think, with the exception of maybe Saints-Vikings, I don't think any of these games should be a blowout where someone just runs away with it. Usually the Patriots, you know, obviously they're not usually playing on this weekend anyway, but usually the first game they're just going to blow out whoever they're playing. I don't think they're going to do that against the Titans. Everyone here says it's going to be a close game. One guy says the Titans are going to win. Another says it's a three-point game. Uh, the computers say New England 73% of the time and by an average of eight points. Scott in Boston on EI, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Scotty, what's up? You took me quicker than I, I anticipated, but thank you. How you How's doing? How's it going, you dude? Playoff football or what? Of course I'm ready for playoff football. What do you think? I'm going to pick my nose all day? <laughs> I'm going to the Bruins game tomorrow. I get a big day. I got at Edmonton at Boston. I'm going to the game and then the pass at night. It's going to be a fun day. You tomorrow. can't beat that. I hope it goes better than that Devils game up there last week. The Bruins aren't as good as their record, but tomorrow's going to be Connor McDavid's in town, the best athlete in sports right now. Awesome. All right, let's get on football, Scotty. First of all, there's zero chance Brady's leaving after this year. I'm in the minority opinion. He's going to sign a one year deal for like 26 5 million i don't think he's leaving there i think uh it's it's ridiculous i mean you know i remember the end with uh montana i remember the end with Favre and all that stuff these things happen they move quarterbacks i have a hard time believing i really do i I think belichick would be willing to get rid of him i think belichick would would have preferred garoppolo i think he would have been able to handle losing him I think Bob Kraft is another story altogether. He's got his own problems off the field, but I think that he's a guy that uh, I don't know if he has it in him uh, in his heart to let him go. I, I just don't believe he'll let him go. Well, here's the thing, too. you got to remember when we talk about that, whenever you talk about him maybe leaving, people say, well, they did it to Montana. They, okay, Joe Montana had Steve Young behind him. 
Brett Favre had Aaron Rodgers behind him. Both guys are Hall of Fame guys that they had playing behind him. Who does he have behind him? Stidham? No one's sitting there confident saying, oh, yeah, you know what? We can let him go. We can let the greatest of all time go because we got this guy that's going to be a Hall of Famer sitting behind him. That's not happening right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, 855. Scott, what do you think is going to happen in the game? 855-212-4CBS. And I know I'm speaking national, Scotty. I'll close with this, buddy. I know you got a million people want to talk to you. I'm telling you right now, it's playoff time. Now, watch how they flip a switch. They don't look that great during the regular season. They're going to kill them tomorrow. I'm on them. I got them for money, minus five. They're going to kill them. Free money, Scotty. Bang the pass hard tomorrow. Thank me Monday. It's, it's all, in the bag, it's baby. The bag. It's done. It's in the bag. It's in Nothing the bag. to worry about. Flip the switch. Piece of cake. Uh, Terry in Ohio. Hey, Pharrell, how you doing tonight? What's happening, brother? Oh, not too much. This call is probably more for Carver High. I was telling your uh, call guy there. Um, the, Carver, do you remember where Jim Kelly went to high school at? I know it was somewhere in Pennsylvania. He, yeah, it was East Brady High School. He played for East Brady. I went to a school called Carn City High School. We were their main rival. And when I was in elementary school, I watched Jim Kelly play high school football. How about that? Number yep. 12. Yep. Um, I thought you'd like that. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, he, he, was, he was, very, was very good. He, whenever he played out, he obviously kicked our butts those uh, three, four years. He, or, I would hope three so. Three years he played. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was like in fourth or fifth grade because uh, I graduated in 86. But I think he graduated in Miami, what, in 84? I, I watched. I watched him play at Miami, and I, I got to tell you, I watched that thirty for thirty. Did you watch that thing on the Bills uh, going to all those Super Bowls? Oh yeah, of course. That was painful. I, I got to tell you. you got to tell me. That was painful. I mean, that is the most unbelievable story ever. That they went to four Super Bowls in a row and lost them all. That's great. And what? To the Cowboys twice. Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Cowboys. Unbelievable. It's just. It truly is unbelievable. That guy, that team was so good. That's what was crazy about it. They were so good. Good hearing from you, Terry. That, they were so good. They kicked everyone's ass in the league. It didn't matter who they played. They kicked everyone's ass. And then when they were in the Super Bowl, they lost. It's just unthinkable. You can't even explain it. It's surreal. But then again, I mean, not four in a row, but the Vikings did it, right? They lost. They couldn't win it. And then uh, it really is amazing to me. I've, I've had this conversation over and over on the, on the air over the years is that like that Steeler team that won four in six years, they get no, in my opinion, no love, no recognition whatsoever. Bradshaw, Noel, they get absolutely no, they don't even mention Chuck Noel as one of the great coaches of all time. That's amazing to me. What that guy did in Pittsburgh is absolutely unbelievable. All he did was, that was the worst franchise in the league. Do you understand when they came into the NFL? When they came into the NFL, they were the worst team, hands down. And that guy won four Super Bowls in six years, and they don't even mention him. He doesn't even get mentioned. I mean, well, they're, yeah, they I talk mean, about Pete Carroll better than uh, Chuck Knoll. They talk about a lot of guys better than Chuck Knoll. Yeah, they do. <sighs> you got to be kidding me. He never lost. He never lost. He won four of them. Shut up. I don't even want to hear it. I, I will not listen to anybody that doesn't recognize that guy's brilliance. 
Shut up. They, I, they treat him like he never coached in the NFL, the media, the national media. They really do. It's, it's, it's absolutely laughable to me. Neil in Oklahoma City, you're on the bench. Hey, Pharrell, I'm just checking with you to see if you what viable upsets maybe be left in the last three bowl games. Uh, I, you know, I have to look at, at uh, the last three bowl games. Well, first of all, obviously, you mean the, like the national championship game? Well, you, I mean, you got Southern Miss, uh, Tulane, uh, Louisville, Miami, Ohio, and then the national championship game. All right. Well, um, I'm just pulling it up now. I, you know, I have to look at this stuff. I can't just do this off the top of my head uh, from remembering what the games were. Uh, what is left? Louisiana and Miami of Ohio? Southern Miss, Tulane, Louisiana, uh, Miami, Ohio, and then the championship game. Then why am I not seeing? Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Southern Miss, Tulane, and is that? And then the other game that I'm that I just mentioned is that it? There's two games and the national championship game, correct? Yeah, I can tell you uh, if it makes you feel any better what I did. I have them right here. I could care less at this point. Uh, in those games, I went uh, Tulane to win, Southern Miss to cover, Louisiana to win, Miami of Ohio to cover the 14. And then I'm not telling you who I'm uh, betting on in the national championship game. This is too valuable to me. Now, after I hit all four bets in the semifinals and I get all these smart asses telling me about my picks, uh, all I do is make people money, okay? So screw you, six ways till Sunday. I hit more games than anybody anywhere, and uh, I'm going to hit that game, too. So I hit all four bats in the semis, so kiss my ass. There you go. And what could be worse, honestly? What could be worse than Louisiana and Miami of Ohio and Southern Miss and Tulane? Now, I, you know, I, God bless you down in New Orleans and everything, but those teams both suck. All those teams suck. Do they not? I mean, honestly. Although Louisiana did win 10 games, and didn't Louisiana Tech beat Miami? But that's a different Louisiana team, I'm talking. But both, all those Louisiana teams, LSU, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, they all had good seasons. Louisiana won 10 games. Miami of Ohio won eight games. I wouldn't walk around the corner to watch either one of those games. Now, tomorrow is that Southern Miss Tulane game. Uh, how do you think that's going to do up against uh, NFL games? Now, that's at 11.30 in the morning. It's in the morning so, before uh, the games. I'll be watching Premier League and playing basketball. Thanks. Looks like I'll miss the uh, Tulane game. FA Cup tomorrow. Oh, and that's even better. It's the third round of the FA Cup. That's right. No Premier League this weekend. No Premier League. It's all FA Cup. FA Cup this weekend. I'm all for it. I got to hit the uh, DVR. I got to tape all those games. Call the show, you fems. Let's talk wild cards. 855-212-4CBS. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4227. That's the number to get on the bench. That uh, other bowl game that they're talking about. There was one tonight, by the way. Ohio beat Nevada 30-21. to Ohio covered. It was like six and a half. Uh, Louisiana, Miami of Ohio is Monday night at 730 Eastern. So I guess we'll be in here for the second half of that one, right? Louisiana and Miami of Ohio in the Lending Tree Bowl down in Mobile. What a thrill that'll be for everyone. And then a week from that, right? That's another week uh, you wait for the Clemson-LSU game. How embarrassing is that? 
So they played the semifinal on the 28th, right? And then they give them three weeks? Is that what it is? How long is that? It it ends up being about two weeks and three, two or three days, whatever it is. Uh, it's just all, listen, uh, they should have played. Um, New Year's Eve. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Day is when it should be. You know why it's not? It should be New Year's Day. Every year, both games, 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock, end of story. That's what it should be but every instead single the year. Rose Bowl win. And then play, you know, the Monday or two Mondays after that, whether it's 10 days or two weeks, you know, however it works out date-wise. Um, that's how it should be. So it's Monday, January 13th that they're playing the game. They might as well have had it on the uh, – how about they They could have waited until the day before the Super Bowl. I mean, if you're going to wait this long, why not just keep waiting? I mean, they could have did it this Monday. I mean, it's – why not? what's wrong with eight days? What These guys play every all year long, one every week, week, one week, one every, week. Every week. They couldn't play – if you were going to do it Saturday the 28th like they did. Is anyone even going to remember that they're playing in two weeks? It's such a long layoff. Well, you know, ESPN's going to cram it down our throats, but uh, does anyone really care at that point? No, they don't. I, I think it should always be that first, you know, Monday, that 7th, 6th, 7th, whatever it is, you know, depending on the calendar change. You're going to play the 20th, that's fine. But then that first Monday, January, it ends and it's over. Just like, you know, March Madness, you know, that first Monday in of April, April that's is the end of the is. tournament. Like, to drag it out like this, it's like what they're talking about oh, maybe they'll push the Super Bowl back with you know, a longer season stuff. And you get to, like, middle of February, people are like, really? This is going too long. Yeah, there's no doubt. Clemson, LSU. Uh, and so it's still a week from Monday. So uh, what's the point of talking about it now? Uh, Drew Brees is uh, certainly doing it at 40. What's he turning 41 in a few weeks or something like that? He threw 15 touchdown passes, zero picks in December alone. Finished the regular season with a career-best passer rating of 116.3. Despite missing five games because of a thumb surgery. And the Saints have the number one run defense over the last two seasons in the NFL. Do you think Dalvin Cook Mafia will be able to run against that number one run defense of the Saints? Did you even know that they were the number one run defense? I didn't because they've at times been pretty unimpressive. I mean, there's a lot of it's been on their secondary and they've the injuries that they've had. I mean, the beginning of the season, they were an awesome defense, and then they kind of slipped up towards the end to me, in my opinion, letting some of these teams score. I think they're a good defense, and I think they're going to have a good battle with Dalvin Cook. I think he'll get some yards. He's not going to go off. I don't think he's going to score, like, you know, 150 yards. I think he might still get 50 to 70 and not be as effective as he usually is, but still have a decent game. Uh, Carver, how do you think Alvin Kamara will be a huge factor for Sean Payton against the zone of the Vikings? Safety zone. They're going to yeah. have something. They got no corners. He was hurt for most of the year. It seemed like they kind of played it safe with him for most of the year. And you kind of saw the last two weeks him starting to get that that little bit of jump back. So I think he's playoff ready, and he'll be a big part Cousins of it. Cousins is 0-15 outright, 113-1 against the spread, against teams that finished with at least 12 wins in a season the Saints have won 13. The outright winning percentage is the worst by any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Meanwhile, New Orleans is 11-3 and against the spread since week three, the best mark in the NFL. Wow, that's staggering. Boy, you uh, got to throw out everything he ever did in Washington. That's not his fault. They, they just had a crappy team, and uh, there's some games we're going to pick out here and there that don't count either, right? Play PA style and just pick out what games we don't want to count so his record's a little better. That's what he did. That's re- it's exactly what he did. He's like, yeah, anything in Washington just doesn't matter. So uh, the computer said New Orleans wins 63% of the time. 
by an average of four and a half points. That means they would cover the eight. Carver, how do you think the Vikings will cover the eight? Now that you, you know, you're past your, I won't bet on the Bills spread, but now that you're betting on all the other games, what do you like with that number? Uh, Saints. Saints laying the eight. Yes. Mafia. I have a little trouble laying that much. I think that the Saints should be able to beat them by that much, but in a playoff game, with a a defense for them that's good, it's solid. I know there are problems on the back end, but they have a solid running game. They can slow you down a little bit. I have issue taking that many points. I think the Minnesota has a good chance of coming. Do you think that there's any uh, any like aura going on, like the karma, because of all their postseason bad luck that the Saints have encountered against the Vikings, against the Rams, against the referees? Do you think there's a chance that – is there any chance whatsoever that they could come out and – and literally kick the Vikings' ass six ways till Sunday. Just literally just blow them out. Is that possible, Carver High? That they could get, you know, they've had so much bad luck that they take it out on the, the, the refs and they, get, they dance in front of the refs when they score touchdowns and they get them maybe a few flags for unsportsmanlike. Yeah, look, I, I don't think that this is the spot to start no. doing stuff like that. Put on a show. You, you got to win, uh, since they're playing this weekend, you got to win four games. Uh to be able to rub anything in anybody's face. So they got a long way to go. John Fast, your Eagles are banged up going into the game at home in Philadelphia against a team that, in not so many words, owns them. I mean, they have literally, you know the numbers, right? It's staggering. I, I do know the numbers, yeah. The five straight against them have not lost to the Eagles since 2008, have won seven of eight matchups between the two. In fact, the Eagles have uh, not won two in a row over the Seahawks since 2001 and 2002. Does any of that bother you whatsoever? Uh, none of that bothers me. What bothers me is Zach Ertz, even if he does play, is coming off a lacerated kidney. Um, the right side of the Eagles' offensive line, which has been great all year. Lane Johnson is questionable, hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Brandon Brooks is out for the year. Uh, that's what concerns me, and the weapons Wentz has to throw to, which he's done very well these last four weeks, but this is a step up in competition. That's what concerns me, and so does Russell Wilson who scares the hell out of him. And what about uh, your guy Wentz has been on fire, but he's never actually played in a playoff game. No, he has not. And the other guy's played in Super Bowls. He has. He's pretty yeah. clutch. He's awesome. They can't, have five, not... they can't have five turnovers like they did the first no. time they played. And them. they won't. And they won't. I mean, they're, they're a different team now than they were then, no doubt. And Seattle is a step up in competition, but this isn't the Seahawks team that's gone to, you know, those two Super Bowls in back-to-back years or anything like that. Um, you know, the Eagles will not be intimidated by Seattle. I don't think they care what those numbers are, um, that they haven't beaten them in so long. I think Seattle is probably a slightly better team, but the Eagles, especially defensively, are a different team at home. So it's going to be a really close game either way. They're, it should be a low number, which I know it is. They're uh, 5-0 and outright as a playoff home underdog in the Super Bowl era, winning all but one of those games by at least 13 points. So we'll see what the Eagles do. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. So do you think when that uh, Patriots game is on tomorrow night that they'll uh, spend how much time talking about Tom Brady being his last game with the Patriots? The whole night? Are they going to stick that down our throats? I'd have to set the over-under. Just times that they mention it. Could this be Tom's, Tom Brady's last game in Foxborough? Is that, how many times will they mention that? It's a CBS game, so it's Nance and Romo. Twelve. Um, Nance knows him better than most guys, so... 
I mean, Nance probably knows he's not he's not done. Uh, seven. I'll set the over under at. How many Mafia, times I'm going twelve. I'm going twelve, and if they're losing in the fourth quarter, I'm going twenty. Yeah, you see that'll up it. You know, if it, if they're down ten, you in know, game betting, Mafia. Go, in that, game betting. But they're not going to be. They're going to win a game. Everyone thinks the Titans are going to win the game. If they're losing like five minutes left in the game, every time he takes a snap, every play he makes, they're going to talk about it. It says here that Josh McDaniels, the NFL's most wanted man, still has some explaining to do, according to others. What does he have to explain? Why he uh, dissed the Colts? You know what? I I thought about this Colt thing with him the other day because I always make it a big point how it was so wrong what he did to the Colts, saying that he was taking the job. They go to Super Bowl, and, and then you know a week later, it's I don't want the job anymore. Um, and then the luck thing happened this this off season. Do you think that maybe from the time he took the job, now luck ends up playing another year? We know that. You think that maybe he got a hint that maybe luck wasn't all so into it, and that maybe something like what happened this past off season wasn't that far away. So you say McDaniel's knew that Luck not was knew that he win. was going to retire because I don't think, but maybe just thought talking he was going to gonna, maybe that maybe because when this happened over the summer, I mean, you heard her saying all these other, you know, say that well, you know, this is something Andrew's kind of been thinking about for a long time. I'm not saying that a year before, but maybe just sitting down talk. I'm assuming that Josh McDaniels talked to Andrew Luck before he was taking the Colt job. Maybe he kind of thought, I don't know if this guy's going to be yeah. around the whole time. I'm going to be here. Do you think his offense sucked this year? I don't think that it's on it. It was 15. Listen, it's. He's had tons have of the success same there. weapons that they've had in the past. Uh, Brady's 40, what, three years old. He's going to get a job eventually. But the job I think he's eventually going to get, you know, depending on how long Bill wants to sit around, is the one that he's, you know, waiting for there. If he guy, takes a job. Do you think that that guy is anywhere near retiring? Belichick? If he takes a that's what I, I was don't. just about to say. If he takes a job, whether it be this year or next year, that's how you know Bill ain't going anywhere anytime soon. If McDaniels takes if he a job. Knew, if Bill was even close to leaving, why would you leave? You're going to get that job. I think if you see him take a job this offseason or next, it's a sign that Bill ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, out for the Seahawks, Dwayne Brown, Michael Kendricks, Malik Turner, questionable, Jerron Brown, Lupati, Mike Lupati. Uh, those are all injuries. Aaron Rodgers, we can't fix everything on offense. We have to figure out what works. Wasn't I telling you last night that their defense is doing pretty well, all things being equal, the Packers? So now all of a sudden we're supposed to believe they have offensive problems? They have done well enough to win the NFC North and secure the number two seed, but they're not firing on all cylinders, it says here. Rogers said he's tired of talking about it. And um, fixing the offense before they return next weekend is not realistic, according to uh, people that think they know. Rogers wants the team focused on finding what works and what we like from the first 16 weeks. He said, I think the timing's been off a lot. I don't know if it's uh, going to get fixed. It's not going to get fixed in two days. It's just a matter of finding those concepts where the timing has been good because there's been a number of concepts where we've looked good, 
the ball's been coming out on time. I've been feeling good about the rhythm, and the guys are getting open on time. But there's, I think, too many concepts that we've really tried to hit and keep hitting and make it work, and we just aren't on the same page timing-wise. So doesn't a lot of it have to do with who they're playing? Don't they have to wait to see who they're going to be playing? A lot of it has to do, too, with like his best receiver is out for, like, half the season. How many games did I, was Adams out with the turf toe and things like that? So I don't think it's an issue of the offense as a whole. The running game's working. The defense is slowing people down. It's just that they're not scoring 40 points a game. So people are saying, oh, something's wrong. Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing 50 times for 400 yards. No, they're just being a complete team for once. Uh, so McCaffrey was selected as first team running back and the top flex player in the voting by 50 members of the media uh, who cover the NFL. The flex position was created in 2016 to reward players who epitomize the way offense is now played in pro football. McCaffrey's the guy. Saints receiver Michael Thomas and Pats corner Stephon Gilmore were unanimous selections. The second straight season both made the squad. Lamar Jackson was chosen as the quarterback. Jackson and McCaffrey were among 14 first-time All-Pros. Eric Weddle uh, witnessed the Jukes and Johnson Jackson firsthand. He said when you get on the field and you get to uh, the speed of what they run, it's tough. It says here, I mean, uh, some of the plays I didn't know who had the ball because they run it so efficiently. Jackson is one of a kind. He's pretty special. The special uh, class includes several multiple-time All-Pros, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, both a fifth time. Zach Martin, Justin Tucker, a fourth time. Corderell Patterson, a third time. Uh, Jason Kelsey and DeAndre Hopkins made it. Uh, all pros for the second time, including Thomas Gilmore, Cardinals uh, Chandler Jones, Cameron Hayward of the Steelers, Matt Slater of the Pats, Quentin Nelson of the Colts, Marcus Peters made it of the Ravens, Marlon Humphreys. And uh, Taryn Matthew. The other newcomers uh, uh, were Humphrey, George Kittle, Ronnie Staley, et cetera, et cetera. T.J. Watt made it. Demario Davis, Eric Kendricks, uh, Tredavious White of the Bills deserved to be there. He's a badass. Jamal Adams of the Jets. Minka Fitzpatrick of the Steelers. Brett Kern, the Titans punter. He could be a factor in that game tomorrow night. Saints punt returner Deontay Harris, the only rookie on the team. He could be a factor in the game against the Vikings, certainly. Uh, Ramzik, I think that's his name, right? He played uh, college ball before transferring to Wisconsin. He played Division Three. Saints right tackle makes it. There you go. Very exciting. Uh, Baltimore led the all-pro team with five selections, and New Orleans had four. There were 16 AFC players and 13 from the NFC. Always exciting to find out who uh, the all-pros were, right? There you go. Did you see Richard Sherman slamming all the people that doubted his deal that he got with the Niners? Well, that's because he got a big bonus today for being on the all-pro team. Didn't he make like so $2 million? He had, bucks? He had a, a big incentive for doing that. And uh, I guess today he wanted to go laugh at everybody because, you know, that was one of the things. He said he wanted to check the receipts. Well, there's a lot of receipts. Ohio State star Chase Young declares for the NFL draft. Someone asked me tonight, uh, Carver High, who I thought the Giants should take at four, and the question was uh, Jerry Judy. Do you think they should take Jerry Judy at number four? Do you, uh, Chase Young won't be available. He'll be in the top two or three picks, right? You hey, would, look, I, you would I, think. I think. I think that the Giants, um, they've got a lot of needs. Um, 
you know, they've got some, they've got a pretty good crop of receivers. You know, Shepard's good, but he's not healthy a lot. Tate's good. They, uh, the Giants, Tate's need, old, the man. Giants need two things. They need to start building from the inside out. Okay, they need a pass rusher. They're going to miss out on Chase Young probably. Right. They need an offensive lineman. You know, those are that they need to start building from the inside out. That's what I would do if I was them. Thank you, Madison. Jonathan Taylor is going pro. Did you see him in the Rose Bowl carrying guys down the field? It took like three, four guys to tackle him. That's when you know it's time to go pro when all the rest of the college kids can't tackle you. Guy was a badass. Although uh, Oregon won the game. So you can be a badass all you want. Georgia running back DeAndre Swift declares for the NFL draft after the Sugar Bowl win. Big season. 5'9". He's short. Strong frame, though, at 215. He's from Philly. As a freshman, he had 618 yards on 81 carries. Despite being behind Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, he became one of the more featured players over the two seasons, totaling 2,267 yards in that stretch. Very impressive. Arizona State quarterback Joey Yellen transferring to Pitt. Very exciting news. The only reason I told you that story is because I'm from Pittsburgh. I have no other reason to care about Joey Yellen. Now I'll be yelling in uh, Oakland. Mississippi State fires Joe Moorhead. That escalated quickly. Sure did. He did, did, he did an awful job there for two years. Yeah. How did he get the job to begin with? That's an even better question. <laughs> I mean... Where do they find these people? He was definitely one of those. Who? Wait, we got uh, hired two years ago. We did that story. Do you remember that? Uh, there you go. I told you earlier, Andre Drummond trade rumors. The Celtics, Raptors, Mavericks, Hawks interested. Uh, the Most of the talk about the Atlanta Hawks possibly dealing with the Pistons for Drummond. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Uh, there's players that uh, could be traded before the deadline. Uh, the biggest names, Iguodala, Gallinari, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Marcus Morris of the Knicks. He does not want to be traded at all. He wants to remain a Nick. Jay Crowder, who's toiling in Memphis. Chris Paul, Kevin Love, we've talked about him being traded. Portland, he wants to go to. DeMar DeRozan from San Antonio, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. Would you trade Aldridge if you were the Spurs? The way they've been playing, they've been terrible. Yes. Not uh, big names. Uh, I guess he's still a big name. Tristan Thompson, Steven Adams. I, it, I'd love to get my hands on Steven Adams if I'm any team. The guy's a monster. Marcus Gasol uh, in Toronto. Jeff Teague. I'm not that high on Jeff Teague. I'm bored with him. Rudy Gay's as old as leather. Derek Rose. Now they're moving him around like a, a chess piece. Taj Gibson, he's worthless with the Knicks. Absolutely worthless. Patty Mills with the Spurs. These are all names of people that could be traded. Marcus Morris, as I said, prefers to stay with New York. He enjoys losing. Kyle Kuzma, valued as part of a core despite league interest. Lakers don't plan to trade Kuzma, except a lot of teams want him. Right now, the Lakers with two and a half minutes left are leading the Pels 116 109. So a little bit of a game going on at Staples in Lipstick City. We got another hour to go on a pain-free Friday. It's for on a bench and this 
CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 